Hello, 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 everybody. How you doing, y'all? How y'all doing, fam? It has been a long two years. Yes, y'all. The Panini have had us in the press for two whole years and counting. Because 2022. <laughs> my God, my God. But I'm so thankful that we made it. Child, made it. Touching the hem of his garden. Made it, and I'm thankful because salvation was real touching going the last two years. Okay, experienced a lot of loss, experienced a lot of grief, I just experienced a lot. But I'm just so thankful um, for God being who He is and for us being back. So, yeah, um, I wanted to start off, um, you know, talking about things that happened in 2022, but I didn't want to, I mean, 2022, praise Him, um, that happened in the Panini, but. I didn't want to start off all dark and twisty because, you know, these were dark and twisty times. Um, and honestly, I'm just not there. Like, 2022 came in and it was a whole new season for me, a whole new atmosphere. So just honoring God and um, the Holy Spirit and the direction of where I'm going. But I'm going to share some very um, vulnerable things in this series um, simply because I'm not the same girl I was or woman I was in 2019. I can guarantee you that. Um, been through a lot of transitions, a lot of shifting, a lot of molding. And I, if I can just be frank, what is my podcast? I can say what I want to say. If I can just be frank, child, just lost in the sauce. Um, for a very long time, I felt like I was uh, on that piece of wood that, you know, Jack and Rose shared in the Titanic. And instead of me being on the wood like Rose, I done took on the position of Jack. Just hanging on, honey. Hanging on. <laughs> half froze to death well you know jack actually died so maybe not but you know what i'm saying he didn't let me die he didn't let me die oh y'all don't know that song okay um he didn't let me die didn't let me... that's y'all didn't know it because i wasn't singing in the right key <laughs> okay well all that needs to be said has been said i guess i got all the pleasantries out the way I'm excited to podcast with y'all again. Um, so let's get ready to rumble. Yeah, that was really loud. I don't know. I don't know what was happening, but bear with me, okay? I'm excited. <laughs> bear with me. Um, okay, so today's podcast, right? is going to touch on something so i couldn't find a title um i was gonna say like whose horse are you betting on or what horse are you riding um but you know it's 2022 and i'm not trying to get canceled for nothing because you know people you know they minds be wandering child lord deliver your people from the 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 how you call the vice grip of lust child lord deliver your people anyways um so i'm gonna go with uh which horse are you on or which horse are you betting on? We'll come to a conclusion. We'll see as I continue to speak. Lord Jesus, it's a fire. I done dropped my mic. Okay, God. All right. Um, like I said, uh, we will see um, as the podcast progresses what I say the most. Because, you know, that's usually how I get my stuff. Okay. First things first. Happy January. Happy New Year. I'm excited for all the progression that's getting ready to happen. I hope you guys took out your planners and your notebooks and you really sat before God um, and, you know, figured out strategies to conquer your year. 
Um, you know, I know a lot of churches, um, a lot of saints is in the fasting season. And I pray that you continue to, again, lay before God and get the downloads that you need be, to conquer this year. You know, 2020 and 2021 took us a little by, you know, surprise. I thought I had 2020 vision. Turns out I was blind. <laughs> oh, whew, no pun intended. Felt <laughs> like I was blind, but he brought me through. Thank you, Jesus. And then 2021, I uh, felt like a recovery from 2020. And, um, I found out that as graceful and as funny and bubbly and cool and strong and resilient and independent, your girl don't recover well. Um, I just, you know, I just couldn't recover well. I just couldn't. And that's no, um, this to myself because the fact is, is that I was, um, confronted with a lot of things in 2020 that I just was not prepared for. Like, I mean, Ooh, baby girl, I felt like, um, you know how when you train uh, missionaries to go into third world countries and in our minds, you know, we got all the scriptures we need. We got the proper attire. We're on fire for Jesus and we're going with all this zealousness. And then you're like, which of y'all got no electricity? What you mean? I got to go to the bathroom outside. Like you're prepared, but you're not prepared. That's what I felt like 2020 and 2021 did for me <laughs> humbled your girl real quick if I ever thought I was saved I truly meant or truly learned the true meaning of salvation and on the Christ the solid rock I stand I tell you all other hey is sinking sand Shondo. and I mean that with my whole heart <laughs> I really quickly found um where my faith was how strong my faith was and uh, what I had faith in um and if it could be shaken. And it was shaken. It was shaken. It was shaken like a salt shaker type shaking. And I really had to um, hold on to the horns of the altar. And I know we say a lot of these things in jest. And, but uh, no, seriously. Um, there were very dark moments in the past couple of years where I literally was holding on to the shards of my faith. Because I just, it was so broken. And, um, you know, we talk a lot of junk about, you know, going to church every Sunday and having to be in Bible study on Wednesdays and youth practice on Tuesdays. And um, I'm very much a church girl. We all know this. Um, my life had very much been centered around the schedule of a ministry, um, respectfully so and rightfully so, because I'm very or I was because, you know, Panini got us all on, you know, <laughs> break. Uh, well, not really. You should never be on. Mm, Y'all know what I'm saying. You should never be on a spiritual break, but like a physical break. I didn't have to be in church all day. So, um having that newfound freedom and just being like, Oh Lord, I don't got to, I could just go online. I quickly found that, um, my saving grace wasn't necessarily the word of God, but it was the fact that I was always involved with the things of God. Um, and that very much showed me how we can often be caught up in works, um, and not know it. Because for me, the interpretation of not being caught up in works is like, don't get caught up in feeding the poor. Don't get caught up in, um, you know, you know, ushering, don't get caught up in worship leading, don't get caught up in ministering to others so much so that you're doing a work, but your relationship with Christ has not been fully matured or developed because what we learn as believers is like, we never hit a plateau with Christ. Okay. You're forever growing. And I think sometimes when you're in positions in ministry, you plateau without even realizing it. You're more, uh, how you say result driven, but not in like, a 
scary demonic way if that makes sense like it's not like oh how many souls can i how many souls can i save for christ or how many people are coming to church and how many people can i decide it's not like that it's more so like i'm there all the time i'm giving from an empty cup i'm burned out everybody who's a part of the ministry knows that there can be 250 people as members and there's only like maybe 20 to 50 of them that are holding the ministry together because they're the ones who do everything. Um, not necessarily out of, uh, how you say, reputation or out of desire to be seen, but mainly because like this is the heart of the ministry. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember where I was going. I'm sorry, Saints. Um, Oh, burnout. Yeah, you know, so works. Was I connecting that to works? Yes. Um, <laughs> to not be caught up in um, works, but to really cultivate uh, my relationship with Christ. And when the panini had hit, at first it was cool because I was like, ooh, thank you, God, because I'm tired. And I ain't going to hold you. I was tired. Um, like I said, I'm very active in my ministry. I'm very much one um, that's very uh vocal very focal like I'm the one who holds um not ministries together that's not what I'm saying but like I host a lot of events I do a lot of you know teachings on the side like I you know you're all around American Christian girl like what can I say um and I was okay with that um but the panini just showed me that while I had been a grind growing um, I use this reference a lot. I grow wide as in like I grow in influence. I grow in activities. I grow wide, but I wasn't necessarily growing up, um, in my relationship with Christ. And again, all this to say it proved to be true <laughs> in 2020 and 2021. And here I am in 2022, um, putting the pieces of my faith, um, not just back together, but realizing what my foundation truly is. Um, we sing that song as a child, the wise man built his house upon the rock, the wise man built his house upon the rock, the wise man built his house upon the rock, and the rains came with tumbling down. The rains came down and, uh, this is the winds, rains came down, the winds came, um, something like that. Either way, it's a song about how the foolish man built his house, um, upon the sand, and when the rain came, uh, you know, the waters rose, that house was wiped out. When I tell you it's only by the grace of God that uh, the house might have been wiped out, but my faith was strong. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I had to rebuild uh, knowing that what I thought to be real um, honestly wasn't. And what I thought to be sturdy or what I felt was rock was very much grass. Um I don't know another uh, synonym for, well, first of all, synonym for um, rock, but you guys know what I'm saying. Um, all this to say, we're in a phase now where we're just rebuilding um, and gathering and walking again. One thing that I love about God is that through all the trials and tribulations through a season where I hated God for through a season where I did everything I could to abort my destiny in Christ. Um, there were some dark, dark days that, you know, as we begin to unpack, we will be able to see together. Um, he still is a God of hope, still a God of redemption, still a God of another chance. He's still God. And in all that 
brings his whole, you know, his uh, entire entirety of, of sovereignty. He's still sovereign. Um, and I'm just so thankful for that because, like I said, in the midst of all this darkness, I still had hope to go again. Trials won't last always. It's that hope that somehow, some way, this era, this season, this turmoil, this chaos is going to end. And um, as I rebuild, I'm just excited because I'm just like, whew, I mean... I mean, I know these days on this earth is, you know, full of trouble, but I'm so thankful that I'm finally getting some reprieve. Um, so, yeah, that's where we're at. But I'm sorry. Um, all this to say, because a long prelude to the entire <laughs> um, lesson, which is uh, whose horse are you betting on? So, as you have heard, <coughs> excuse me, um, the premise of this was I had to um read a bible study lesson this morning um you know as a consecrate and trying to get off social media and all that stuff i had really poured into the bible app and i read a couple of lessons right so um at the end at the bottom of each plan they have like these little things where like you have to give a prayer or like you read out a prayer right so i'm gonna read to you the prayers today right and it said god forgive me for looking for a project and overlooking people. Give me your eyes to see people as you see them. I want to show others your love and I want to build others for the kingdom. Use me, O oh Lord. And then the other one was, God, forgive me for overlooking the ordinary, everyday opportunities I have to serve you. Help me to grow up. Increase my readiness. Help me to obey joyfully and quickly. Amen. So at first I was like, okay, God, like this is, you know, I mean, you know, this is cool. Excuse me, this is cool. I could, I could rock with that. I could, I could rock with that. You know, Lord, help me to be, you know, more observant. Um, but then I got this, and I was like, oh, okay. And the scripture brought us back to the Samaritan. Hold on, where's that? Uh huh. Okay, hold on. Was it the Samaritan? Yes. Okay. So the reading brought me to the scripture um, story about the good Samaritan, right? So really briefly, um, this Jewish guy got beat up, um, who was, you know, robbed and cast aside on the road, right? And then um, his fellow Jewish brothers, Levites and Pharisees, saw him on the road, looked at him, kept it pushing, going where they need to go now. Again, these are his Jewish, you know, brothers and sisters in Christ, um, or I guess in God, because I don't think Jewish, you know, you know what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> these were his fellow brethren, I should say. Um, and they were really, you know, prominent in religious circles, and yet they saw him at his lowest, looked at him and kept it pushing. Now, at that time, Samaritans and Jews were at odds. They were enemies. The Samaritans saw him um, on the ground, picked him up, patched him, threw him on his donkey, brought him to the local inn, um, paid for his stay and paid up until the man was healed um, or ready to go home. 
on his way back from his um, business trip or whatever, he stopped by the inn again and paid up what was owed. So he pretty much took care of this guy, right? And um, it just, you know, was to show uh, believers that this is how you care for people. It's not about, you know, what circle you're in. Doesn't matter any of that, but it's just, you know, you take care of people in general, you know, love your neighbor, all that good stuff, right? So again, mind you, we're still, I'm still in the stage of like rebuilding my faith. So it's very important for me to go back to these basics of the foundational truths of my beliefs, right? Because we can fluff up a lot of stuff, but if you don't have the basic principles of Christ, is it even worth living? They were called Christians in Antioch. Why? Because they were Christ-like. They resembled so much of Christ. And I really had to take a seat um, and sit back and look back over the last two years. Of course, not excusing grief, not excusing, um, you know, anger, depression, things that I went through. But I really had to sit back and look over the last two years and see if my life was reflecting of Christ. Um, the other, uh, not journals, but the other passages I had read um, in my daily devotions, um, it was talking about. David and Goliath and how David was just willing and obedient. David didn't go to um, fight Goliath originally. Like that was not his plan. His daddy told him, take your brothers, <laughs> this fool, check up on him, bring back word. David said, I right. got up early in the morning, took what he had to take, went down to, um, get, you know, pass off the food that he had to pass out. And he began to hear over here. What was happening? And he stood up for what he believed in and, you know, slew Goliath. Hallelujah. Um, but the key part is that he was just willing and obedient. And when you're willing and obedient, you put yourself in positions that shift dynamics, if that makes any sense. So David, because of his obedience, was on the front line, right? But because he was there, he was over. he was able to overhear the um taunts of Goliath and the people and the fear of his own people. And sometimes when you hear how the enemy be punking your friends, I don't know about y'all. Maybe it's just the intercessor in me, but I'm I, I can't I cannot handle it. I don't care if I'm going through hell and high water. As soon as my friend calls me and she's under um a demonic attack or just oppression or anybody reaches out like yo Cass, i'm really bound this i goes to war because what you're not finna do is punk these people not when we serve god i don't care what i got going on because remember david had stuff going on very much rejected very much lonely very much so lonely that he made friends with the end i ain't gonna hold you i mean i ain't talking junk about the man but like he he made friends with animals, okay? He's fighting lions and tigers and bears. If that's not alone time, if that's not isolation, I don't know what is. But I'm uh, neither here nor there, okay? We're not worried about what we going through. He was like, who is this? This is my favorite part. <laughs> this filthy, uncircumcised Philistine, right? So David is like, yeah, nah, I'm not finna, we not finna go, <laughs> we not finna go with this. You ain't finna disrespect my God, you know? And then, you know, as we read the story, we see that he slays Goliath. But when you're obedient, like I said, dynamic shift. If you read the um, details of the story, um, David goes around asking multiple people about what um, Goliath is saying. But not only that, what is Saul promising to those who can defeat Goliath? David done took an inquiry. Now, now what Saul said? 
who ain't gonna have to pay that? My daddy ain't gonna have to pay no taxes if I slay this dragon. I mean, this dragon, this giant. I mean, we get to marry one of his beautiful daughters. Huh? What? 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 What, what say you? <laughs> what, what? What details you got on the incident? Um, but his faith. And his outright, um, how you say, courage and boldness about God and who he served was able to shift not only the people around him because again, his brother got mad and was like, look here, little bruh. Ain't nobody come here for all that foolishness, okay? You're doing a bunch of yah, 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 but you ain't rah, rah, rah. And I don't understand what's happening. Like, <laughs> you're not even on the front lines, my boy. <laughs> you came to bring us food, okay? Ain't nobody need your taunting. When you stand boldly and courageous in what God has told you to do, you start to ruffle up feathers for people that you brought um, supplies to. He was there to help his brothers. You would thought his brother would have been a little more gracious. But see, when you know who you are and whose you are, you agitate those who know too and yet refuse to stand on it. You know, because I was like, what happened to the for God? I live for God, I die. I just, I mean, if we look at the history of God, I'm just saying Israel ain't never been left, but I mean, that's neither here nor there, because when I look at my own life, <laughs> I could see a couple of instances where the devil punked me, and um, when my, you know, respected mentors came through and was shaking the table, I was very much offended, very much rebellious, very much knuckish if you buckish, um, because that's just not what I wanted to hear. Um, but you know, sometimes, you know, you got to have people come and be the David in your life to stir you up. But either way, I'm sorry, I'm going back to the story. Um, and then not only that, he was like, forget this, I'll fight him. Um, you know, Saul, we know the story. Saul gives him his armor. He was like, yeah, I can't do this. This ain't me. I can't put on somebody, you know, we interpret it. I can't put on somebody else's anointing. I can't put on anybody else's clothes. Uh, well, basically what I got out of it is like, I can't fight Goliath any other way than who I am. Or how I am. Um, sometimes when we get into positions or we're postured for positions of power, um, people, again, try to put their own opinions, try to put their own efforts on you, all that good stuff. The fact is, is that David was called before all of this. Before, you know, Saul anointed him on the set, he was already called. David probably, I mean, looking at the story, David was always nuckish if you're buckish. David was always ready for it. I mean, you ain't rumbling with lions, tigers, and bears unless you ready. You know, not these sheep. <laughs> you might get in the other pasture, but you ain't getting these sheep. You know what I mean? Like, he was already nuckish if you buckish. They already rejected him at home. He probably had to fight for most of his life. Like, David said, I'm not going into this fight holding on nobody else's armor. I'm going the way that I am. I'm going the way that I know. Picked up them small stones. Okay, one, boom, hit him in the head. He fell. Okay? The point is, yes, David gave all that he had with what he knew to do, all that good stuff. But his obedience and willingness to just do what his father ordered him to do allowed him to meet destiny where he was. Because after that, Saul was like, whose baby is this? Whose child is is this and they was like uh i don't know whose kid this is and he, mm -mm, whose baby is this i have never seen such faith <laughs> oh that's another scripture okay god i see you <laughs> in all of israel the centurion man 
you know who said send your word mm -hmm. too much off topic um so david is going to him and tell him you know my you know, jesse's son jesse's boy um yeah so this is what i'm saying a lot of times we walk through our Christian life, our kingdom life. You know, I, I want to use Christian lightly because, you know, or loosely, I should say, because, you know, folks be playing. We say our kingdom life, we walk and we want, we're, we're often wondering, God, when is it? When is it going to come? Like, you know, we receive words of prophecy, we receive words of promise, or we just envision things, some things God speaks to us directly, but we don't know how we're going to get to point C. We know A, we don't see B. So we don't know how we're getting there. And I'm just here to remind you that sometimes, not sometimes, all it does, all it takes is obedience. That's all it takes. It's really obedience. No matter how small it may seem. All David's daddy said was bring these loaves of bread, this cheese and stuff to your brothers and the people who watch over him and send me word. As in, check to see if they're good and come back home. That's it. And in his obedience, he was able to meet destiny. Because after that, David was on his way to becoming the king that was spoken over him already. I wonder how many times David laid up all night wondering when he was going to become king. I wondered if he second-guessed himself. Because it doesn't show a progression of time. And I'm sure if I did some more studying, I could give you the timeline. But, it, you know, and, and, and just watching his life, even after that, you know, he goes and, you know, Saul takes him underneath his wing. But it wasn't until Saul died um, trying to kill him that he actually became king. You know what I mean? A lot of times we are, we're asking God when, but we're not willing to go through the process and we're not willing to be obedient enough to be met with the process. Yeah, Selah, let's sit on that. How many nights did David stay up all night and was like, you know, God, this is your purposes. You sent that prophet. You told him to pour that oil on his scalp. I didn't. And yet, here I am, still tending sheep. My brothers still don't like me. Probably don't even like me more because, you know, I'm the, uh, what they call it, uh, uh, the child that was, you know, conceived in sin, I guess. Uh, you know, it's just me, God. I wonder how many times he battled with that emotionally and mentally. And yet we see that he didn't allow that to affect the reality of God's word, the reality of who his God was. He had every opportunity to say, I mean, I know you're God because my ancestors said it, but like, I don't think you're God to me. We could very much blame the lion, tiger and bears on the fact that he just had supernatural strength. I mean, you know, he was an Israelite and, you know, what would they talk about them Israelite boys? They'd be eating, you know, they alkaline, they real strong. But he didn't allow his emotional state to dictate what God or take precedent over what God had already spoken over his life. And because of his, you know, simple obedience to just go give his food to um, the brothers, I'm telling you, he met with destiny. And there 
on, we see the progression of him, not just as a man, but him into kingdomhood. I'm saying all this because the Lord wanted me to bless him with that because I didn't know where I was going. But I wanted us to take a time to reflect. And I want you to see what horse you're betting on. I was talking to a friend today and I was telling her how I was going back to the basics of my faith because I have found, like I had explained to y'all, that I felt like I was doing something and really I wasn't doing anything. And I said, it's like I'm on a religious merry-go-round and in my mind, I think I'm at the stables riding a real horse until I look down and I see that the horse is plastic. I don't want to be thinking I'm living away. I don't want to be a Pharisee. I don't want to be the one who has the accolades and the look of a Christian and yet the inside, the heart. What is my heart posture? That's what I want to get to. What is your heart posture these days? Break my heart with the things that break your heart. That's an old um, Israel song. Does your heart break with the things that breaks God's heart? Are you convicted by the Holy Spirit, by the things that grieve him? Or have we allowed the circumstances of life to numb our conscience? To silence our voices? To blind our eyes? So that we become so consumed, especially these days. And it's easy to, child, I ain't watch the news and God knows how long. Um to be consumed with reports, especially when, you know, numbers are real. Like I get, sometimes the government can fluff up numbers, but the fact that people losing their loved ones is not a lie. Like we're not lying about stuff that we can see. It's tangible to us. But are we so caught up in grief that we forget that there is a God who's bigger than grief? And that's not to discount you, but that's to remind you that you are able to get out of this. There is such a thing as demonic grieving. There is. Don't be mad at me, but there is. And I, and I can show you because he asked him, how long will you grieve? How long? And at first I thought that was so insensitive. I went to go get some prayer. Um, this is going to segue into another story, but um, I'm going to cut it short. I have lost my spiritual mom. It rocked me to the core. I'm still dealing with it. Pray for me, please. Please uphold me in prayer about it. But um, I had went to a service and it wasn't too long after she passed, maybe like a month. And I just was like, I need to get into the presence of God because, you know, my mind was going dark places, yada, yada, yada. Girl, child, honey, chunny. That woman came up to me and was like, the Lord is asking, how long will you grieve? And when I say, and I mean this with all due respect, to, if she's listening, you know, I respect you. You know, I didn't mean it. But when I say I want to fight, when I say I want to snatch my wig off at that prayer circle and fight. Because I thought how insensitive could you be? But then I got to a place of maturity and it wasn't, she wasn't saying I couldn't grieve. She was just saying the way I was grieving was not, that wasn't it. I'm grieving myself into depression. I'm grieving myself into suicidal ideation. I'm grieving myself. Now, don't get it twisted. My spiritual mother was a woman of God. I know it doesn't bring comfort at that immediate moment, but I know she went to glory. And I'm grieving 
like this, mother would roll over her grave. Now, now, look, now I appreciate your tears. You know, I love you. I know I was the mother that you didn't have. I get it. I get it. But there's life after this. You got to shake yourself loose. How long? And I had to sit there and I had to, after a while, because, you know, this don't come overnight. I'm just being very transparent. I just had to sit and I just was like, you know what, God? I got to get up from here. I got to, I got to go. I got to, I got, I have to grieve in a healthy manner. In a healthy manner. And I had to realize that the horse that I was sitting on to carry me through, you know, I'm listening to the songs. He will carry me through and Jaira, you are enough. No, he wasn't enough. I ain't going to hold you. I ain't going to hold you in the midnight hours. And, and when I was crying, when I felt like I was losing my mind, when I felt like I was going to die, he was not enough. He was not enough. And I'm not going to be ashamed to say that, that the horse I was riding on was very much plastic. The idea or the box that I had put God in as that plastic horse was very much not enough. Was not enough. Was not enough. Was not enough to keep me from acting crazy. Was not enough to keep me away from drinking my life away. Was not enough to keep me from wanting to revisit old relationships. It was not enough. It wasn't. It wasn't. Sorry. It wasn't. I was singing these songs about a God that I had separated myself from so long ago that I didn't even realize that our relationship was in turmoil because I was still able to teach, still able to preach, still able to feel the presence of God, still able to usher people. I mean, during the pandemic, I done led three to four people to Christ. Like I'm still doing the work in the kingdom. But it reminds one thing I had always told God um, when I first got saved was I never wanted to be one of those people in the Bible that um, the scripture says um, they, with, their, with their lips, they worship me and they say that they love me, but their hearts are far from me. And I think one of the most humbling experiences I've ever had in this Christian walk in Christendom was realizing that I had almost become the very thing that I despised. Because while I was honoring God with my lips, honoring God with my life, honoring God and abstaining from certain things, honoring God in those very, uh, how you say, very visible areas, I had not honored God with the posture of my heart. I had not honored God with the honesty of where my soul was, where my concerns were. I very much was prettying it up. And for me to talk about a God that's so transparent and vulnerable, it's because I just have this thing with God where like, he knows it all. So, I mean, maybe I don't have to bring it, but that's very much immature. Very much was a growing point for me was to really surrender everything to God in prayer. Because I realized when I felt like God wasn't enough, I really wasn't seeking God. I really wasn't referring to the God who brought me out. I was referring to the little gods that I have made into the image of the big God. And you know how you know you did that? When you rely on your emotions or when you're able or when you're not able to be completely vulnerable. I had not gone to God about the things in my heart. I yelled at God, blamed God. How, how dare you? How could you? I gave up all, you know, you know, because, you know, to us it's big. But I gave up two weeks of prayer and fasting for you. I laid before you. Very valid. Very much did that. But, um, you know, 
but it was to get what I wanted. I wanted her healed. I was saying, you know, nevertheless, let thy will be done. But you mean, you, you, at this point, God, your will is my will. Very much wasn't. Very much was different. <laughs> Very much was a work in progress. But I had to realize that the God that I talked about and the God that I served wasn't necessarily the one I thought. Does that make sense? So I serve in the church. I talk about the God, you know, Jehovah Jireh. I say all the right things, but my heart wasn't submitted to the true and living God. That's where I'm going with this. So um, I hope I didn't confuse y'all. I hope this was a good first episode because that's where we're going to leave off today. My question to you is what horse are you betting on? Are you on a plastic horse? Are you like the Levite and the, uh, the other religious leader who overlooked the fellow brethren? Do you have the heart of the good Samaritan where it can inconvenience you? And you're still going to give up yourself because we live in a culture very much that if it's not serving me, I'm not serving it. And that's just the furthest thing from Christendom. So I don't understand why we apply these worldly logics. Get healed. Be healed. If you don't take nothing, be healed. That's not how we do things in kingdom. I'm just saying. Mind my business, but I'm just saying. Um, but I'm sorry. Back to what I was saying. Um, say a lie. I want to know what horse you're riding on. What is your foundation built upon? What God do you truly serve? Is it a God that serves your ambitions and your goals and your dreams and your desires? Or have you fully submitted to the God that really has a plan for your life? Are you submitted to the will of God for your life? Are you free in that? When's the last time you talked to somebody about Jesus? Not venting, not as a testimony, but really talked about the gospel of Christ. How God sent his son to die for us. When's the last time you ministered to somebody? Not in clergy clothes, but picked up a phone. Hey, God laid upon my heart. When's the last time you prayed for somebody sincerely? Hmm? Let's think on those things as we go back to our foundational truths. Let's go into prayer. Father God, we thank you. We give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor. God, there is none like you in all of the earth. God, we thank you for your keeping power. We thank you for keeping us. God, we thank you if for nothing else or being cold in our right minds for the use and activities of our limbs. God, we thank you for being God. So God, for every person who heard this podcast today, I ask you, God, to prick their hearts again, to convict them again, and to shine light into the dark areas of their lives. <coughs> That they will bring themselves into repentance, but God, also that they will surrender themselves to you again. Somebody's holding on by a strain. Somebody's holding on to the horns of the altar. Somebody's holding on to the hem of your garment. Somebody is ready to let go. But I, God, I ask that today that they be restored with joy and with peace and knowing that they just have to get their foundational pieces back in order. That you are the God of truth, not the God of emotion. You are the God of truth and the God of hope. 
breathe hope back into your people. I thank you for it. For any person who is not saved, God, I ask you, oh God, that you will lead them, God, to a place where people cannot just um, use thee. That will not uh, siphon them for their potential, but God, that they will be able to pour in and to minister to you. To minister to them. Cover them with your precious blood, God. Keep them from hurt, harm, and danger. If there's somebody that would like to receive Christ, I just ask you to repeat after me. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for dying on the cross. Thank you for sending your son to die for our sins. Thank you. Thank you. I believe that you died for my sins and that you rose again and that you're coming back. And that I am your child. I thank you. I thank you for being your child. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen and amen. I love y'all. Um, see you soon. <laughs> Bye.